Well, I'm going to um, read my message today because this is something that I love talking about and I could talk about for like five hours and I know you'll want to eat lunch at some point, so I'm going to make sure that I don't add my own comments, okay? So, it's very good to see you all today. I'm glad you could make it. Um, it's time to start preparing for the holidays, which I love, but today I don't mean decorating. I mean preparing our hearts, minds, and attitudes for being with others. It's an inner cleaning and an inner decorating. You're going to find yourself very soon surrounded by lots of family or friends or coworkers around the holidays. And today you, you find yourself surrounded by your church family. Contentment in relationships matters. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this beautiful fall day. Thank you for everybody who um, took the time to gather today um, and build relationships with each other. I thank you for our, all of our Reachway kids downstairs. Um, I thank you for an opportunity to talk and listen and just spend time with you and spend time with our family. I pray that our conversation today would bring honor to you and that you would um, challenge us, Lord. We're here. We come with expectant minds and hearts, and our ears are open. We love you. In your name we pray, amen. Let's start by talking about Reachway's core values. Does anybody remember those three values? You can shout it out. We're all in. Everyone matters, and... We're resilient, which means we never give up. So great. Good job. Uh, today, I want to focus on the last one, resilience. It's come to my attention over the last 15 or so years um, that any situation in life that involves humans can be messy. Have you experienced this? Okay, I'm not alone. Great. Um, I've found that the presence of the mess is okay, but staying in the mess or avoiding the mess is not okay. Can we agree with that? Yes, I see heads nodding. Great. I think we've all lived long enough to know that we're imperfect people, but loved by a perfect God. That perfect God created us in his image. We bear his mark. Psalm 139.13 says, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. We were made by God. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are his ambassadors to do good while we're here on earth. Each of us is created uniquely. We are reflections of him. This is our truest self. Okay, this next part is going to be really weird, but it's going to be good. I want you to take out your phone if you have it with you, and if you don't have it, scoot over next to somebody else who has a, a phone with a video. Okay, put it in selfie mode. Go to video and put it in selfie mode. I know, this is going to get weird. You don't know how. Uh, Taylor, Seth, go help. <laughs> I'm sure Jesus did this in his own way. Pretend you're taking a picture of yourself, but switch it to video because you'll want to use this this week. Okay, um, you're going to record yourself repeating after me. So, yeah, it's, I told you it's going to be weird. Yeah, I see your faces. That's fine. It's okay. Okay, don't, don't, 
make fun of yourself and how you look, though, this morning. You all look beautiful and handsome and wonderful. Okay, great. Okay. Smile at yourself and then hit record. I'm going to tell you. Just smile. Just hit record and smile. You can say the following out loud after me, or you can just look at yourself while I'm saying it, because my voice will be picked up in your recording. Okay? Repeat after me. I am not a mess. I'm a child of God. I am not a mistake. I'm a child of God. I am not a problem. I am a child of God. I am not a burden. I am a child of God. I am not unlovable. I am a child of God. I am loved by the king of the universe. He picks me. Every day, every time. I whispered it so you wouldn't repeat it, but okay, that's fine. Okay, um, this week I challenge you to take that out and watch it when you are frustrated or you forget who you are or whose you are. I think that video will sum it up pretty well if you're feeling angsty towards someone or you just need the reminder like, oh, this is a terrible week. Pull that video out. I want you to remind yourself um, of who you are. Since everyone matters, because everyone was created by God, there must be significance to making sure that we can all live effectively on this planet together, wouldn't you think? We're all created by God. We all matter. Why can't we get along? Why are relationships so messy? Why is it hard to look into a mirror or a selfie uh, on your camera and say nice things about ourselves? Why is that hard? Why is it easier to give in and say, that's just how I am. Why is it excruciatingly painful to get along with that one family member or coworker or neighbor? Why? In short, it's because of sin. Because we're sinners, we've put on a false self. This self isn't the true self that God created. We're flawed. We're selfish. We're, for lack of a better word, a mess. But that's not the end of us. We don't have to stay a mess, and I challenge that God wants us to be resilient, to not give up. But being resilient is more than just saying, it's fine, just let's go on. I think that's just avoiding the mess. It's more than just acting okay. That's, again, avoiding it. Resilient people are able to withstand and recover quickly from difficult conditions, the resiliency that Christ desires of each person on the planet is to move towards reconciliation, which Seth has explained before. That's just a big word for saying recollect. When we, when we collect what's been broken, we're able to remake and rebuild. And that takes time and patience and a lot of effort and forgiveness and understanding and compassion and a lot of love. Are you ready to learn about yourself? Are you ready to learn about others? We can set ourselves up for resiliency when we listen to other people's perspectives, which is very hard, but we're resilient. 
I'm sure you've taken a personality test at some point in your life, Myers-Briggs, Strength Finders, a Facebook quiz about what kind of potato are you, you know, those kinds of things. Or you've had a family member that tries to pinpoint your personality um, most of the time at like Thanksgiving dinner in front of everybody else. Some people love learning about themselves and some people would rather clean a bathroom for five hours instead of talk about this, which is fine. Today I'm gonna introduce you to another personality development program. The Enneagram, if you've ever heard of that, is a personality test that describes your personality in terms of how you relate to God, to yourself, and to others. It's a system based on many ancient wisdom traditions that were developed in the late 1960s by a guy in South America. And now it's super popular in like Nashville and now Chicago, so it's like hitting the bigger cities and then kind of trickling down to places like Peoria. Um, there are nine personalities that focus on core motivations in someone's life along with their core fears. So what drives a person to do something or what drives them away from doing something. The Enneagram is not originally a Christian personality study, but there are many Christian teachers and counselors that use the Enneagram to counsel leadership groups, pastors, congregations, that kind of thing. The goal of the Enneagram is to help you discover your true self just like we just did, but this is more of an in-depth study of who you are, how you tick, that kind of thing. The, it explains the reasons behind your thoughts, behaviors, and words. It's a tool to help you see your false self, the unique ways that you bear the marks of the fall or of sin, and help you to see your true self, which is the unique ways God created you in his image. He made you for his glory and for the good of others. We can't live life to the fullest if we don't come to terms with who we are and whose we are. We can't fully live resilient lives when we're bound to our mess, unwilling to move forward. We can't fully say that everyone matters if we aren't willing to love them the way that Christ loves them, loving them for their truest self. So the goal of the Enneagram is to discover our true self and to identify our false self. And our goal today is to learn about how we relate to others with the triads, and you can see them on that handout that's on the table in front of you. There are many facets to the Enneagram, and I don't want to overwhelm you because, like I said, I could talk about this for hours, and I'm not even like a professional Enneagram person. Um, but what I want to focus on this week are the triads, and there's different groupings um, for different categories, but today we're just going to focus on the um, uh, reactionary triads. So, in this case, there are Enneagram numbers that are in groups of three based on how they make decisions. I'm not going to get into the numbers this week of what each number means. We'll do that next week, um, but this is just giving you an overview of what the Enneagram is. The triads give an overview of the nine types and how they engage with the world through the head, gut, and heart. These are centers of intelligence. So before we do that, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27, which is our main text for today, um, I'm just going to read a portion of it, but you can flip to it. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27 says, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. 
so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. So 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. There's more to it as well. The same goes for the body of Christ. We are all different, and we were all made differently. Let's not believe the lie that we'd be better if we were all the same. So now let's dive into these triads, these different groups of people. Um, with the Enneagram, it's understood that everybody on the planet would identify with or associate with one of the numbers on the outside of the um, Enneagram circle. So there are three groups, and you can see it on the picture. Okay, the first group that we're going to talk about. These people in our lives make decisions with their heads. These are very logical people who think things through before they make a move. They're calculated, observant, patient, and planned out. They make decisions that are safe and decisions that make the most sense. This group of people's biggest fear is fear. All the what-ifs scare these people to breaking points. In poor health, these people give in to their fears and worries. They seek security by spending a lot of time overworking, overplanning, overmanaging, overpartying, and overthinking. In health, though, these head triad people are able to face their fears by remembering who they are in Christ. They're able to come face to face with their fears and work through them in healthy ways. They hear God say to them, I am with you. Your fears are valid, but I have overcome your fears with my peace that I freely give you. Our next group, these are the people that make decisions with their heart. These people strive to make others and or themselves feel loved, cared for, and seen. Sometimes they act before thinking because they feel they should make a move for the benefit of others. They don't want others to think that they don't care. This group struggles the most with shame. In poor health, these friends have no boundaries and get taken advantage of. They feel shame when they don't feel that they're doing enough at home or at work or for themselves or for others. They're looking for validation and acceptance, and when they don't feel that, they tailspin. In health, though, the heart triad friends are in tune with themselves and what God says about them, which is, you are enough as you are. I see you, and I love you. And the last triad group of people we have in our lives make decisions with their gut. Whatever they feel, they act on. They're straightforward. They don't have a filter. They move to get the job done. They seek to work independently. They struggle the most with anger. In poor health, our gut friends sometimes plow over others to get the job done. They don't want to work with others for fear of losing control. The more control they have over work, relationships, and stuff, the better they feel. But in health, these friends realize that we are all created to be in community, sharing our thoughts, ideas, feelings, and giftings with others for the betterment of everyone. And in health, these triad people hear God say, you are free in my love. I won't abandon you to figure out life on your own. You are mine. So the reason that I share all this with you today is to give you a glimpse into other people's brains. I feel like in the midst of disagreements, I'm always asking, what is that person thinking? Oh my goodness. Well, now you know. God created us all uniquely with different parts of him flowing through us. 
by thinking about where another person is coming from or what they are seeking in any given circumstance, we're able to take a deep breath and see them the way God sees them in their truest self. If we want to truly be resilient people in our relationships, we need to figure out where we're all coming from. Let me give you an example of when um, Seth and I were just married. <laughs> Seth's personality, uh, he comes from the head triad group, and I come from the heart triad group. Seth was a youth pastor when we got married, and I helped a lot with the youth group. I loved having people over, and I loved making brownies for our teens and our guests. In my mind, I wanted our guests to feel welcomed and to feel well-fed in our home. I thought every time we went to the grocery store, we needed at least 10 boxes of brownies. That makes sense to me. I was thinking with my heart. Seth was thinking with his head. It didn't make sense to buy 10 boxes of brownies. Let's buy one or two boxes, and if we need more, we'll buy more. We didn't have that many teens coming over or friends coming over. Let's be practical. The brownie debate was a messy conflict for many weeks, and it wasn't until four years later <laughs> when I learned about our personalities that I realized <laughs> that Seth was thinking with his head and I was thinking with my heart. Neither one were bad, but we were coming at it from two totally different perspectives. We were discontent with each other and needed to recollect ourselves in order to move forward. I am so glad that the brownies were not our marital downfall, so that's good. We've worked through that. And I'm also glad that we took steps to know ourselves better and therefore know each other better. I don't get as upset in arguments over food for parties um, anymore because to start, I know who I am. I know that I'm a child of the Lord. I know that he created me uniquely to want to seek out comfort for others, and that's not a bad thing. I also know that I'm loved by God and I'm loved by Seth. So that was established. I also didn't need to impress my guests to try to win their approval by unhealthy amounts of dessert. So as a, a heart triad person, I'm looking for affirmation from others. So if I feed you lots of desserts, hopefully you'll want to spend more time with me. And now I realize that that's not my goal. My goal is to welcome you, make you feel comfortable, and after that, I'm not seeking your approval. I'm seeking the Lord's approval. Anyway. <laughs> I also uh, know that who I'm working with. Seth wasn't trying to ruin my plans, although I thought that the, the first couple weeks. He wasn't trying to ruin my plans or get in my way or diminish the gifts that I have. His mind challenges me to think before acting so that I'm able to love people in the most efficient and loving ways. Our personalities joined together are a greater force than they would be on their own. We're able to be resilient together, which then makes it possible to re be resilient on our own. So to wrap up, I want to go over a couple things. Knowing yourself is the first step to being content and the next steps towards reconciliation or recollection. We are broken people, but loved by an amazingly gracious God who refuses to give up on us. When we seek to recollect ourselves with others who need recollecting, we're bringing honor to God. We are showing the world that we are different. There's a new way of living. 
life to the fullest as possible because we're not afraid of people who have different personalities, different goals, different agendas, or different mindsets. We can still get along. We can still work together. We can still grow the kingdom of God. So let's celebrate 1 Corinthians 12 and not be afraid of that passage. So whether you make decisions with your head, your heart, or your gut, you are valued and you are welcome here at Reachway. We love you. We love your perspective. Um, we don't have to agree on how things should be done, but we will listen to you. We will honor your voice and we will recollect with you because that's what resilient people do. If you're curious about next week's message, we're going to dive into the nine personality types and what each one represents. And there are small flyers back there by the um, devotionals. So if you want to grab one on your way out, um, it kind of gives you like a little taste of what we're going to talk about next week. Um, we're going to spend the next 15 minutes, 10 minutes. We'll let you know. Um, uh, doing discussions at our table. So on your discussion sheet, there is that picture of the Enneagram with the three triads. We ask that you answer the first question first. Make sure that gets talked about. And then you can answer the other ones in any order that you would like. And I will let you know when you have five minutes left.